Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Bringing home a baby is a major life-changing event. Mom and dad or partner are all adjusting to new baby and to a new identity. This inevitably impacts their relationship with one another, as well as with friends and family. How can you communicate your feelings and needs with one another in a healthy and constructive way without creating distance between each other? This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton, certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Indu Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes so you'll automatically get new shows as they're released. Here's Sunny with details on how you can get involved with newbies. All right. So we have various apps, right, for all of our shows. In fact, we have a network app that has all of the new mommy media shows on it. You can also download individual apps for newbies. And one of the things I wanted to promote with that through the app, as well as if you're just listening on iTunes, you can rate and review our show. And that is super duper duper important. It is how parents find out about our shows. A lot of the times, the way that these individual you know programs work where you can download and listen to podcasts, you know, they do that like recommended, you know, if you like this, you might like this. And the way that they choose those shows is by ratings and reviews. So if you haven't yet, please, please leave us a review on whatever system you're listening. So we're on Stitcher and Spreaker and Google Play Music and iTunes, of course, and I'm sure there's TuneIn is another one. And I'm sure I'm missing some other ones. So please take just a few minutes and leave us a quick review. It'll go a long way. Let's meet the mamas joining our conversation today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your experience with today's topic. Hi, I'm Ruthie Slatham. Um, I'm married with a five-year-old boy, and then I have three-year-old girl and an 11-month girl. So I own a postpartum support business, Mama Ruthie where I am a lactation consultant, a postpartum doula, postpartum sealer, belly binder, and placenta encapsulator. I've had some mixed experience with delayed postpartum depression. I typically about four months is when I kind of get the baby blues. So not immediately, but then my postpartum challenges typically manifest more in anxiety than depression. But I also work with a lot of moms in various stages of postpartum mindset, whether that's depression or anxiety or mixed bag. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. 
right. So before we kick off our show today, I know we're going to talk about some pretty deep stuff, and I thought we kind of kick it off kind of on a, a more humorous note with our baby oops segment. So this is the segment that you guys are actually, it's because of you we created this segment. You guys started sending us and posting funny baby stories and, and you know, funny parenting stories, and we're like, hey, we need to use this on the show. So we created baby oops, and these are just the funny things that happen to us as parents while we're parenting our kids in that first year of life. This one comes from Kelly. And Kelly says, on the way home from the grocery store, my son woke up and started crying. I knew he was ready for a feeding, but I really wanted to go to Starbucks. I stopped on the way home, even though it meant letting him cry for an extra 10 minutes. I feel guilty about it. And he had a rough night that night, but mommy needed a latte. I think it's so funny because I have totally been in that boat or where the, the I know I have because um, I have two older boys um, ages five and uh, four and so they're in the back seat and I've, I've also been like no I have to go I have to go get my Starbucks or I got to go somewhere right and they're like punching each other in the back seat and I know I should go home but like I have to get something done <laughs> so like I totally get where Kelly's coming from anyone else want to admit to uh, needing a latte break and not caring if a baby or someone's so been there <laughs> <laughs> we have a drive through Starbucks right by, well, not right by my house, about a five minute drive away. And lately, yes. since my husband's been gone like four and a half months of this year, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my one, it's my one indulgence where I just have to do something to feel like a normal person because normal yes. people go out and they go and get coffee, but I can drive through with my van with my three kids. <laughs> I know I, I'm a proud over, owner of a minivan. Um, and get my Starbucks. It's my one. It's my one normal thing where I'm like, okay, I can interact with other people that I don't have to be like, stop touching yourself or you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly are your kids doing? I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh God, my kids are gonna listen to this someday and be like, oh my God, mom, you were so embarrassing. I mean, I think Starbucks drive-throughs were pretty much created for moms. Like, I don't right? know what to do without them. Seriously, yes. I agree. Or like, I just want to drive somewhere where I can buy some milk and some bread and not have to get out. I have said that. And you know why? I have said that on social media. It was like one of those days that I needed to stop and get one thing, but I didn't want to take three kids into right. the store. And someone else posted and said that Target was starting uh, some sort of drive-through testing program. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it. it would be Target. Okay, you have like a five-item maximum. I think that, you know, so it's yes. efficient. Where yeah. You know, I think that that would absolutely be a, a fabulous Genius. business thing. Yeah, Genius. I know, right? So, Target, if you're listening, <laughs> especially I'm out in Valley Center, like everything yeah. closes at six. So, oh, so. <laughs> baby, you, mama, you are not alone. Yup. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, Kelly, thanks so much for sending this baby oops in and, and sharing your Starbucks love with us. We really do appreciate that. If you guys have a funny baby oops that you want to send to us, please let us know. You can email us through our website at newmommymedia.com. You can also, I don't know, contact us through Facebook, Twitter. You know, we're online everywhere. So just reach out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Today we are continuing our series on delayed postpartum depression by discussing how bringing home baby, dealing with postpartum mental health challenges, and expressing these stressors with your partner can lead to challenges within the relationship. Our expert today is Kimberly Panganeban, licensed marriage and family therapist. Thank you for joining us today, Kimberly, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be with you. So Kimberly, can you please explain some of the major role shifts which occur when mom and dad bring home a baby? Sure. Well, you know, this is a really hard time. Most couples, two-thirds of couples, experience a decline in relationship satisfaction. You know, you go from being husband and wife to being mom and dad. And with this new role comes a whole lot of new responsibilities. And couples can really struggle with how to balance these new responsibilities, especially for couples who didn't quite know what to expect. There's this great list in the book, And Baby Makes Three, by John Gottman that that gives this long list of all of the new responsibilities that moms and dads have and that they have to figure out how to negotiate. So I think it can be really useful to couples to talk ahead of time about some of these changes that are going to be happening, things like um, finances, house cleaning, grocery shopping and cooking, getting up in the middle of the night making medical appointments, I mean, all of the things that that come with bringing a baby home and figuring out, you know, who's going to do what. Um, Oftentimes, if that's not discussed ahead of time, you know, people can, couples can kind of fall into traditional gender roles, and then some resentment can can grow and build, and, and it really needs to be a conversation. Right. You know, hopefully before baby comes home, if not right after. So what are the, some of the changes in values which might contribute to the tension in the relationship? Sure. I mean, after bringing a baby home, you know, moms biologically are just programmed to give their attention to their baby, all of their attention. You know, that's a necessity in order for the baby to survive and for the mom and baby to bond. And so the mom's values really go to her number one priority is baby and everything else, you know, comes after. And this can be a shock to fathers, you know, who feel like they've lost their partner, they've lost that relationship, because they don't have that same biological predisposition, you know, for that to happen. And I've seen a lot of couples where then maybe, you know, the dad still still holds some of the same priorities or values of wanting to travel or do things that really become so much harder, if not, you know, impossible with babies. And that can become kind of a struggle between mom and dad about how, right. to, how to negotiate that. So now you touched on a few, but what are the additional stressors besides the lack of sleep that come along with new baby, which affect our relationships? Sure. I mean, lack of sleep is obviously the biggest. (laughs) That's hard for anyone. But yeah, you know, physiologically, your body changes um, hormones. And, you know, depending on on your birth, you know, if you had a C-section or other things that you're recovering from. And all of these things can greatly affect intimacy, you know, between a husband and wife. Like we talked about a little bit, the finances, you know, the increase in finances and that sort of strain and who's going to be working. Are you going back to work? All of that can create stress. And then, and then like we talked about, just the endless to-do list. So to our parents, what were some of the communication barriers you experienced that impacted your relationship? I think for us, immediately postpartum with my first baby, I had, I had a really bad episiotomy and I could barely take care of myself. It was the absolute hardest part of my whole baby bearing experience was that episiotomy um, from all three children. And uh, so just trying to meet my own basic needs and I was, uh, you know, on pain medication for it and not myself. So it took me, 
a while to really kind of find even awareness that he might need to talk about something or, you know, so just kind of getting over the pain with, with that first baby and just kind of acknowledging that, oh yeah, even though I'm in the middle of this, this is my body that's going through everything. Oh yeah. There's this, this husband here that, you know, he might at least like to talk about what he's feeling and what's going on with him. So it was just kind of, kind of getting over myself and not discounting what I was feeling, but also not forgetting that he got feelings about stuff too. (laughs) I know that with me, especially after my had my second and my third, my postpartum anxiety kicked in like basically as soon as my placenta was gone Mm. I was having anxiety symptoms like in the hospital things that probably the nurses rather than being mean to be should have been like hmm there's more going on so I know for my husband I mean I was not his wife you know what I mean I was not myself so I mean we we even had like disagreements in the hospital (laughs) so I mean from just very early on, you know, I had perinatal depression. So I had depression during my pregnancies with all three. And then immediately after I delivered, that manifested itself as a really severe postpartum anxiety disorder. So I know that that immediately just turned from us being from, you know, married couple to, you know, he's taking care of me physically, mentally, emotionally. And like you said, Ruthie, you know, you're not able to maybe acknowledge that, hey, he's got needs too, you know, and then on top of all the other stuff that goes along with bringing home a new baby. So yeah. And I think also, for me, it's like, I didn't realize that anxiety could be some form of like, like a postpartum depression. Like it's kind of a different side of the spectrum. But I was, you know, I had it with all of my pregnancies, I had anxiety, and then it did go into my postpartum and nobody clued me into that until, you know, I started working with postpartum moms myself and in retrospect being like, oh, I had these challenges too. So yeah, the light bulb was off. Right. Yeah. Just being extremely just too high, too, too strong. (laughs) So now Kimberly, we have talked about postpartum mental health extensively on this show. How can a partner or husband recognize some of these signs in mom and how can they communicate about the concerns in a healthy way? Sure. I mean, things that a husband could look for, you know, if his wife is really um, withdrawn, if they feel really disconnected, maybe she's very tearful a lot of the time or irritable and angry, Um, maybe, you know, lots of mood swings between feeling withdrawn and tearful and irritable and angry. Um, Not eating can be a big sign, you know, for both depression and anxiety. Not being able to sleep uh, when you're able to sleep, when the baby's sleeping and just can't fall asleep. Not being able to relax, you know, can be a sign of anxiety, just having to always be on the go, never allowing yourself to just settle. Or maybe having to check or double check things, you know, a lot of anxiety or fear about maybe you missed something or forgot something or left the stove on or things like that. Um, or physical complaints, you know, if woman's having a lot of headaches or stomach aches or things like that could all be things that a, a husband could look out for. And I really think, you know, the best way is just to, to come with really an attitude of just, you know, uh, I'm worried about you. You know, I love you. I care about you. I want you to know I'm here for you and tell me what's going on for you. And is there something that I can do for you or that we can do together? I think a lot of times, you know, husbands don't know what's going on. And I've seen with a lot of couples I've worked with that um, they just, they start to build up resentment and they become critical. And that is not helpful. So just coming with care and concern is the biggest thing. 
So they have these communication barriers, and obviously there's physiological changes. You know, mom's recovering from birth and pregnancy. So how can these communication barriers and physiological challenges impact how the parents bond with their baby? Sure. I mean, um, new parents tend to have an increase in conflict just as it is. Um, And if there is any sort of postpartum depression or anxiety, that can exacerbate the relationship distress. And parents in conflict sort of often have an inability to appropriately read or respond to their baby's cues because, you know, of what's going on, all of the stress, that they're kind of more internal and not as aware of what's happening externally with their baby. Also, babies tend to withdraw emotionally from dads who are unhappy with their relationship. So, you know, the best present you can give your baby is a strong relationship between mom and dad. So these are some of the things that can can really impact sort of the attachment and bonding process. When we come back, we will continue our discussion on relationships and delayed postpartum depression. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We are continuing our discussion with Kimberly Panganeban. Kimberly, postpartum mood and anxiety disorders have a ripple effect on all our relationships in our circle. What are some of the ways it can affect friendships and our ability to manage any challenges within those relationships? Sure. I mean, if you're experiencing postpartum depression or anxiety, it's all you can do to just sort of manage to take care of yourself and your baby. And there's not a lot of extra energy or time or anything to sort of continue to develop relationships or maintain relationships. So sometimes I think friends can try to reach out and and want to know what they can do and want to know how they can help. And sometimes if you know, if you're feeling depressed, you just don't even want anyone there. And that can create a lot of distance and disconnect. So how can we create reasonable expectations about what each partner can contribute to their relationship? Sure. Um, I think it'd be very helpful for couples, you know, ahead of time to talk about or know about even to take a class about the changes that can happen in the relationship, that there won't be as much time for the relationship, um, at least for a while, that things are going to change. And to talk about things that they can continue to implement, ways that they can continue to connect when they bring baby home. And, you know, that at some point in time, they may be able to get back to a regular date night and things like that. But in the meantime, they can connect on, you know, a smaller level of just sitting down and talking about stressors for five minutes every day or giving one another a five minute massage. Um, And it's really crucial, you know, for a husband to know that a lot of his wife's attention will be given to the baby. And I think if dads go into that, knowing that ahead of time, it can be less impactful and less negative emotion for the father. So really just having that discussion ahead of time of what can we expect and how can we get through this together is the best thing couples can do. Well, I know that it's kind of funny. So we had uh, we had just moved into our little townhome in San Diego. We had moved from one military base to San Diego two weeks after I had given birth to our second child. And so we didn't know anybody yet. Our family's too far away to come down and help. So... Our way of kind of connecting, because my husband knew, you know, I've had postpartum depression and I had anxiety. So there's this game on Xbox that we used to just sit at the end of the day. And our thing was like, okay, we're going to play this game. It's called Pagel. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like the most mindless, mind-numbing game, but it worked because we got to be together. We didn't have to worry about being like physically intimate because by the end of the day, I'm like, I'm touched out. I'm breastfeeding this kid like every hour or two hours. But we would just sit and be present with each other, play this game. And our thing was like, we're going to eat some raisinets and we're going to have a glass of red wine. And that was like our routine every night for the time that he was home. He ended up deploying soon after. But, you know, it just, it doesn't have to be like this expensive thing or this grand gesture. It just was us making an effort to sit and be in the same room together and just try to have as much quality time as possible in between like me breastfeeding. So that was kind of the thing that I took from that was we can reconnect, but it doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be huge because I couldn't handle that at the time. You know, I had part of my thing was social anxiety too. Like my postpartum anxiety made me not want to get out and go do anything. So um, I really had to just do baby steps when it came to that. And I love that he was respectful of that and was happy just, you know, playing a stupid video game with me. (laughs) So to our parents, what are the ways that you were able to connect with your partner and try to rebuild that friendship? Things that kind of helped me to reconnect with my husband and to kind of just be, you know, in tune with him. Uh, We try once a week to go on a date, which sometimes does just, it just doesn't happen. But we do try every week and my parents watch our kids. And then the small thing that kind of helped me is I have one particular pair of jeans that my husband loves and they're jeans. So it's not like putting on a dress that's low cut and doing my hair and my makeup perfectly. It's a, it's a pair of jeans, but I usually only wear them if I'm going out with him. And so it's just kind of like a very simple gesture for me to do for him was like, okay, I'm wearing these for you and they're jeans. I like jeans and there's, I have a t-shirt that it's just a t-shirt, but for whatever reason, he really digs it. So, you know, I'll wear that shirt when we go on a date, if it's just something super casual. And so it's not like I'm doing something elaborate, but it's a small thing that he knows that I do just for him. And then he, his big act of love for me is he brings me coffee in the morning. He doesn't drink coffee. He likes the way it smells, but he could care less. So the fact that he takes the time to bring me coffee in the morning and gives me like 10 minutes before he leaves for work to just, you know, kind of wake up and check my email and do Facebook is really nice. So just taking opportunities to do small things that are simple for each other. So Kimberly, can you give some advice about how to practice self-care within the relationship and ways to reasonably reconnect for both mom and dad? Yeah, one of the things that I teach couples that can really help with both self-care and a way to reconnect is to implement a stress-reducing conversation at the end of every day. Just, you know, 15 or 20 minutes for each of you to share the stressors of your day and just sort of vent and process and kind of take turns being speaker and listener. So one person starts and shares their stressors and then you switch. And when you're the listener, really making sure you're not giving advice or taking on your partner stress as your own, that you're just really listening and empathizing and validating with the emotion. That is huge for relationships and huge for us personally to be able to have a space, a safe space to sort of vent and process. Making sure, you know, you talk to one another and ask for help. You share how you're feeling and what you need and you, you know, you try your hardest to meet one another's needs when, when you can. You know, both of you sort of taking time to rest, allowing one another to rest, you know, even if it's just 10, 20 minutes a day, giving each other a little bit of of time alone. Um, And like I mentioned earlier, you know, 
massaging one another. My husband and I take turns every night giving one another a little massage and, and that can really help just de-stress individually and then connect. I love that you talked about like not dumping your day on your partner right before bed. I actually had to implement this thing in our house we call fluffy cloud time, which means that if it's not light, it's not airy, we're not going to talk about it because my husband has a really serious case of foot and mouth disease. And so we'll literally be just like about to fall asleep and he'll lean over in the bed and be like, so how much money do we have in savings? Do you think that's enough? What about this? What if this happens? And I will literally look at him with the stare of death because he knows that my brain, the way it works, means that I will be thinking about stuff pretty much the rest of the night because I can't turn my brain off the way he can. So we had to institute, like, within three months of our marriage, I was like, okay, no, I call fluffy clouds. Like, if it's not funny, if it's not nice, you're not allowed to talk about it. Right. Yeah. I think it's important for couples to have a set time, you know, of, okay, let's talk about all of our stressors. And then you move on to something a little more light and connecting, like one of the moms was talking about, you know, just playing video games, you know, something a, a little bit more more fun and light to, to de-stress and relax. So Kimberly, what happens when, despite our best efforts, mom is still struggling and her partner and her social circle don't know what to do? You know, if um, mom has recognized, you know, something something doesn't feel right and they're trying different things and they've taught and, and nothing seems to be getting better, really that is sort of a time to consider, you know, therapy or some kind of medication management at that point in time if, if you're unable to, to do enough at home between the two of you and social support to really help. I think seeking professional treatment is the next the next option. Thank you so much, Kimberly, and our parents for sharing your stories with us. And for our Newbies Club members, this conversation will continue after the end of the show, as Kimberly will share about when we may need to let some friendships go after we become parents. Okay, before we wrap up our show today, we do have a question from one of our listeners to an expert, and this comes from Jamie, and Jamie wrote to us, I believe via Facebook, and she said, my two-month-old will only stay quiet for a few minutes after I put her down. Then she starts crying. I try everything to try and settle her down, but she won't stop crying until someone picks her up again. I feel like my arms are about to fall off. What can I do? Hello, I'm Nina Spears, also known as the Baby Chick, and I'm a certified baby planner, birth doula, postpartum doula, massage therapist, childbirth educator, newborn educator, and CEO of Baby Chick. Jamie asks a very good question. I'm sure, Jamie, you've tried everything from sound machines to swings to bouncers and more to soothe your little one. If your little one continues to refuse to be put down, yet you still need to get some things done around the house, I mean, what mama doesn't have a mile-long to-do list, then I highly recommend starting to baby wear. Your little one might not like it in the beginning, but I'm sure she will prefer that over being put down. Most little ones prefer being worn and being close to their mothers rather than being put down if they really want to be held. Once she's in a good position, her legs either in a froggy position if she's a newborn or her legs around you to protect her hips, then you can have your hands free and really give your tired arms a break. I highly recommend a good wrap, sling, or carrier to wear. I think that you should visit your local baby stores and baby boutiques to try on different ones to see which one that you and your baby prefer. I hope this helps. For more tips during pregnancy, birth, and parenting, you can check out my site, 
www.baby-chick.com. Thanks so much. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with toddlers, the boob group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and twin talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.